0: Welcome to another episode of the Give Me Liberty podcast. The topic today deception. What should the just and legal outcome be for what accounted for one of the worst public policy disasters in our lifetime? I'm referring to the aftermath of COVID policy and COVID response. Everything from lockdowns, mandated masks and vaccines, school closures, overcrowded hospitals and retirement homes during a pandemic that started with two weeks to slow the spread, but took as many as two years to finally declare that it was over. I talk about all of this and more with someone who intends on holding public health officials accountable, Senator Rand Paul, to talk about his new book on the Give Me Liberty podcast, starting now. Well, welcome to the epicenter of freedom. That is the Standing for Freedom Center at Liberty University, the Give Me Liberty podcast. I'm joined by my friend, Senator Rand Paul. Welcome. Well, glad to be here. It's great to be back at Liberty University. Well, you're you're at the place where freedom really starts for the next generation around the country. And we hope to see many of this youngest generation take back freedom.
1: I was here in 2015 and got to speak to the entire student population. And I still remember it as one of
0: uh, my favorite speeches, really. That's awesome. Well, we're glad you're back, and I know you're going to address many business leaders and students tonight. I did want to talk a little bit about your book, deception, the great COVID Um, cover-up. There's a lot to discuss on this topic. Certainly in the aftermath of COVID, the postmortem, I think there's a lot of people who are admitting things that we knew all along. But I wanted to go back to kind of the beginning. You were one of the early whistleblowers on this. You confronted Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, He had a hearing. You talked about gain of function. Walk us back to that moment and and talk about the facts that uh, you were Able to uncover? When it first came out in 2020, I didn't know much about Anthony Fauci. I'd
1: never heard of him, frankly. And he came before our committee, and I really gave him an honest chance to begin with. But with each successive visit, it didn't seem as if he were really telling the truth. And so at one point, This gets into actually 2021. Nicholas Wade wrote an article that was published in Medium.com. And in that article, he started talking about all the attributes of the virus that makes it look like it was manipulated in culture, manipulated in the lab, and that it leaked from the lab. And that they had tested all these animals, like 80,000 animals in China, and none of them had COVID. Nothing was pointing towards a natural uh, conversion from animals, but that this was actually pre-adapted and cultured to become very infectious in humans. So not a wet market. No way. In (laughs) fact, the head of the CDC in China said within three months it did not come from the wet market. And when they look at the genetic sequencing of it, they find that there was one source one genetic sequence. If it comes from animals, it comes many different times, and you have many different genetic lineages because it doesn't infect humans very well in the beginning. It has to learn to infect humans, and it adapts to that. This one came over with one lineage. It had to probably come from one place, which leads you towards the lab. So when Fauci comes before me, I I said, this is crazy. You're funding, the US government is funding this lab in Wuhan, you're giving them money to combine two viruses together, and take a part of one virus and combine it to another with the intention of seeing if they can make it more infectious or more lethal in humans. That's what gain-of-function research is. He says, no, we're not. And he wagged his finger at me and he said, unequivocally, the NIH has never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan. We'll fast forward another year. We get maybe two years, I guess it was this summer, we finally have emails released. What he's saying in private is completely the opposite. We found an email from February of 2020 a year before i asked him the question and in the email he says the virus looks manipulated looks like somebody did something to this virus and we're also very worried and very suspicious because we know in the lab in wuhan they're doing gain of function research and he lists the paper but it's a paper he supported with his, with the with the us government money everything he said was a lie and yet he's gotten away with it because the mainstream media just kind of says oh whatever you know they actually have one of his masks on display in the Smithsonian Institute, his Washington Nationals mask. Wow. I mean, it's it's just kind of crazy. But the reason I got involved with this is I think it could happen again. We were still funding this until I raised a commotion. We were we were still funding this in China. Mm-hmm. The company that organized to get all the money called Eco Health Alliance. They still have not been banned from research. They are still getting millions and millions of dollars. The people who privately said it came from the lab. And then publicly wrote papers saying you're crazy if you think it came from a lab. They got multi-million dollar grants approved by... Anthony Fauci. So these are American tax dollars that are funding it? Yeah, millions of dollars. You know, a couple million went through EcoHealth Alliance. But for 10 years in advance of that, somebody had the idea, well, Bill Gates and others, they said they wanted to identify every virus in the world. And at first blush, that sounds like, well, that's noble. We're just going to identify the viruses so maybe we could develop vaccines. The problem is this. If you go into a bat cave a couple hundred feet under the ground, way away from people, and you find a virus way down there... That virus might not have ever found man to infect and might never become a pandemic. But if you take it out of that cave, you drive 10 hours to the north to a city of 15 million, there's a possibility in that transfer, if it's really deadly, that it gets out or it gets out in the lab just without doing anything to it. But it's worse than that. They take this unknown virus they don't know anything about. They bring it all the way back to there. Then they mix it together with another virus. They create, it's called a chimeric virus, but they do this by mutating and combining these viruses. And then if it's deadly, they check to see if it infects humans well. And then they jump up and down jeering, saying, we've created a virus that would, you know, kill 50% of mankind. But this stuff's very dangerous, and we think that's exactly what happened. I don't think they intentionally released this. Yeah, I think they were trying to create a vaccine, and they started out innocently enough, but they were sloppy. They were working in a lab that didn't have good safety precautions. And then when it leaked out, they lied to the world, and they covered it up as
0: well from the very beginning. So how – in terms of the the recourse, I mean, what are the consequences? Would there be any legal repercussions? Is that up to the American people? Is that up to Senate hearings? You
1: know, this is one thing that disturbs a lot of people. As I travel around the country, people worry that we don't have equal protection under the law. You know, for a long time in our country, we fought to get and remove barriers where people weren't treated fairly according to the color of their skin. Now I say that I think we've largely fixed that problem. We have another problem. We're not treating people fairly based on the shade of their ideology. And so if you lean to the right or you supported Donald Trump or you're a Republican, I think you're treated differently. So during the Trump administration, there were people processing. for lying to congress there are people yanked out of their bed at 7 in the morning with 17 fbi agents what Anthony Fauci did was lie. We now know, know he lied to Congress under oath because we found the emails where he says exactly the opposite and sort of admi- it's the admission of his lie by his own words. I mean, you can't get much better than that. And yet nothing happened to him. I referred him to the Department of Justice for prosecution, for lying to Congress. And I'm not even sure we got a, a an acknowledgment that they received the letter.
2: I mean, that's how disappointing the, that Merrick Garland has been at the Department of Justice. Since 1971, Liberty University has had one mission, training champions for Christ. We've been at this for a while, and in the shadow of the Blue Ridge Mountains, we have grown to be a global force. Today, Liberty runs over 100,000 students around the globe, studying across 15 colleges and schools, and among them, over 30,000 military students. Across 700 programs of study, we train as one, nurses, artists, business leaders of the future, and today. Together, we work to give back through service trips, local community work, and over 500,000 volunteer hours per year. And we play just as hard as we study, with 20 NCAA athletic programs and 40 club sports teams. So who are we? We are Liberty University, and we train champions for Christ.
0: You know, Brett Hume, I remember famously said, it was kind of at the beginning of all of this, probably in April of May of 2020, he said this will probably go down, likely go down. It's one of the worst public policy decisions or disasters in American history. It's, it seems to be likely the case. We printed money, billions and billions, or trillions of dollars, excuse me. Um, you know, we we shut down the economy. We, we um, There were many people that were isolated and quarantined and could not contact loved ones, people who were dying. Then you had young people who missed out on their senior year of high school. I mean, and, and there's a huge education gap. I know that one of the committees you oversee includes education. What What is the real cost of all of this? You know, from the very beginning, and this
1: actually goes back to 2020, the early studies showed that young people didn't get sick from this. Young, healthy people maybe get a little bit sick, but young, healthy people don't die from COVID. In fact, in Germany, the the statistics show from age 5 to 17, if you're young and you have no significant health problems, there was zero deaths. In our country, we think it's close to zero as well. Now, CNN would show you people that were dying, and they were all sad cases, but if you notice, most of them seem to have been on chemotherapy or had something else that, unfortunately, they were dying from, and then they tested positive for COVID, so they died with COVID and not from COVID. But because of this and not acknowledging, they went crazy with masks on kids, so anybody with a hearing disability, anybody that's having trouble with speech development as a young child can't see the lips. It's hard to learn how to speak properly. So we actually delayed the development of speech for young children, but now the ACT scores are down. I mean, kids are not doing as well. It really was. um, There were repercussions to doing this, but it was really based on faulty science. We now have the Cochrane analysis that looked at 78 randomized controlled study on masks. They didn't help. They didn't slow down transmission, hospitalization, or death. And the thing is, since young people weren't largely dying, they didn't need to wear them anyway. If somebody else wanted to wear them, an at-risk group, somebody over 75. And this is where Fauci really did a disservice to everyone. A cloth mask doesn't work at all. Yeah. Zero. The virus goes right through a cloth mask. So you cut your t-shirt up and you wear a bandana on your face. You may think you're cool, but it doesn't do anything for you. But by Fauci encouraging people to do that, if you're 75 years old and your wife is sick and she's 75 and you're going into the bedroom to feed her, but you want to be careful you don't get sick as well, an N95 mask worn properly over a short period of time and then thrown away is some protection. You might want to wear gloves too. Then you might want to wash your hands immediately when you come out and throw everything away. If you do that, like the doctors and nurses do, there's some protection but if Anthony Fauci's on TV saying, "Oh, just wear a Washington Nationals piece of cloth on your face mm-hmm. that you'll be fine," he's actually giving you advice that's causing you to engage in risky behavior where you could well die. So I think it's the opposite of him saving lives. I think his lies actually could
0: have actually cost lives. He seemed to vacillate too. Like w- w- you would see sometimes certain ways he would speak about masks. They didn't help, you know, social distancing, how much. And he seemed to go back and forth, back and forth. He was forth. forever
1: changing. And the only time he ever t- told the truth, as far as I'm concerned, is in private.
0: Mm-hmm. When
1: he worked with somebody the first month of it, she said, should I get a mask? And he sent her a note saying they don't work. Mm-hmm. They, they would, and we did. Before this started, they'd looked at influenza, which is about the same size as this, and they'd concluded basically that influenza doesn't, it doesn't, isn't stopped by the mask and neither is
0: COVID. Mm. So just switching gears just slightly, um, you know, we're looking at, you know, American tax dollars been being sent not only to labs uh, for gain of function research, but then also um, to terrorist groups. Uh, They're finding their way to, you know, groups that are wanting to destabilize the world. Um, It seems as though the developments that are taking place in Israel, um, obviously we're praying for Israel and we're praying for justice uh, to be served over there and peace to be restored. Um, But talk a little bit about that. What's going on from your vantage point as you see it? There seems to be intelligence, but there seems to also be some contradictions that we're seeing Um, in the news. I think the images are heart-rending, you know, the images Mm -hmm. of killing women
1: and children, killing, uh, you know, people who are just going to a music concert. I have three boys, and they've all been to these different music concerts in the United States, and I can't imagine people showing up in Jeeps with automatic weapons and just mowing down people who are run, armed. So it's senseless, but I think in some ways, like after 9-11, people rallied to the United States. Many said, we're behind you, we're with you. I think there's quite a bit of that. Now, there's some notice, notable exceptions uh, within the Middle East and also within Harvard, yeah. for goodness sakes. Yeah. But for the most part, I think people are rallying and saying, this isn't right. And even people who thought, well, we should hear some arguments they want to make politically about you know where they live and what, what the restrictions are well, are you going to listen to somebody who just killed a woman or raped a woman and threw them in the back of a truck and taking these people hostage? Are you going to listen to that person's arguments? I mean, they're foolish for what they've done because it's an evil thing they've done, but they're also foolish if you think you're going to make a political point that people are going to listen to you after you killed their mother or killed their children. So I think in the end, this backfires on them. I think as far as what we do, primarily this is going to be what Israel does. Israel is going to try to rescue the hostages, and I think we should pray for the the safe rescue of the hostages. Um, there was one story the other day where uh, they said a young man either tried to throw a grenade or a grenade exploded. He was trying to throw it back out that had been thrown at them and his arm was blown off. Mm-hmm. He put a tourniquet on and he was still alive, but then they took him alive into Gaza, that he could still be alive sitting there with a, a, a wide open wound that probably nobody's doing anything for him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I guess your heart goes out to, to the people that have been attacked on this and, and a great deal of sympathy.
0: Yeah. I just want to turn to, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with what you just said, you know, we also see Ukraine, you know, uh, we've sent billions of dollars there, um, you know, I, I would say, uh, from my point, I I agree with national sovereignty, nobody should be invaded, uh, but it, it, it's a confusing situation uh, when it seems as though um, that there's, what are the goals, what are the objectives, what is this being sent? To prop up? Uh, what is What problems is it solving? Uh, is it really about winning a war or is it something else? Um,
1: from the perspective of someone who te- treats and, and believes the Constitution is an important part of my role, I take an oath to defend the Constitution, I have to look at it from the perspective, I represent our country, I don't represent Ukraine. Yeah. Am I mad that Russians invaded Ukraine? Yes. All of my sympathies are with Ukraine. Absolutely. And so what I've told them, frankly, is could we help? Yes but you have to get the money from somewhere. Borrowing the money from China to send it to Ukraine is not fiscally sound and it makes us weaker and weaker. Depleting all of our military munitions makes us weaker and weaker. So I've said, you know, look, we got 60 billion at the Department of Education. $70 70 billion to the department of energy we're giving subsidies to semiconductor companies that are trillion dollar companies uh, we still give money to the taliban we still give money give money to the plo we give money to study whether japanese quail snorting cocaine are more sexually promicu- promiscuous that's nuts mm. we have all this crazy stuff we're doing if you want to send it to ukraine take it from somewhere else in the budget and we'll designate it for that and every time i propose it they vote me down yeah and it also is the same here, even though the thing is so emotional and all my emotions are behind the hostages and trying to get them out. if they want more money, even for Israel, tell them take it from the the Taliban. Mm-hmm. You know if you got 1.7 billion dollars you got left in a Taliban fund, why don't you take that? But the other thing is we have to uh, we have to be responsible and look at this. We give three billion dollars to Israel every year. We have for 30 years. We also gave them an extra billion about nine months ago. And I'm on a group chat with a bunch of um, conservative senators, and they said, we need to investigate, do they need anything yet? Rather than just showing everybody how strong we are, we're going to give you a couple extra billion dollars. Let's wait and see what they need. And if this goes on for six months and they run out of munitions or they run out of things in Iron Dome, let's talk about it. But even then, I'm always like, Let's don't spend it on waste. Let's, if this is important, let's make priorities and let's make decisions on where we spend our money.
2: So you're looking for a university that's perfect for you, a school that has anything you could possibly need. Anything? You want a place that has the programs you want to study, and <laughs> maybe a few more just in case you change your mind. I think I'm going to sign up for the fashion design program. All right place with state of the art facilities. I mean look at this campus. Whoa. And who doesn't love big town sports?
0: And great recreational
2: activities. Okay now we're on a roll somewhere you can hike slide strike shoot climb eat and most importantly eat you want a place that takes you to space Okay, maybe not, but
1: we can teach you how to fly or pastor a church or run a business. And all that
0: with a great view. Yeah, I think I know a place. Talking a little bit about education. And the state of education in this country you know i i go back to a a very vivid time i was a senior in high school 9 11 happens and i remember just the, the the overwhelming sense of unity that we saw as americans that we experienced many people i saw flood to churches right recommit their lives to christ saw a lot of things like that um what's interesting even about israel is that I've never seen a time when you saw mass demonstrations worldwide uh, in defense of Hamas, not just the Palestinian state, but Hamas. What's going on there? I mean, the worst one I've
1: seen is sort of Black Lives
0: Matter with a picture
1: of somebody parachuting in with an automatic weapon. They're getting ready to kill women and children and innocent men, people that don't have weapons. They're not going to kill soldiers. They're not fighting in some war that they think is a holy war. They're going in there to kill civilians. And Black Lives Matter somehow thinks that's OK. 34 different groups at Harvard Think this is okay. So this just tells you if you know if your kid's really smart, don't send them to Harvard. I mean, these, these places are so out of touch, full of so many crazy people. Your kid's unlikely to return unscathed by being around all these crazy people. But uh yeah, it's I think it is bizarre. But I still would say I wouldn't be overwhelmed by it. I would say most Americans see the see the images and they have less sympathy for Hamas. I have no sympathy for Hamas. If you asked me five, ten years ago, do you have any openness to hearing the arguments of what they want in Gaza? If there were a political representation government that wasn't Hamas and they wanted to petition to Israel and they said we were willing to live in peaceful coexistence with Israel, I would recommend that we talk to them that Israel talks to them. Still, it is would be Israel's choice, but I would recommend that. And I have recommended things like that. But in the, in the midst of these horror and these photos, it's hard to— how do you negotiate with people who don't believe in the existence of Israel, but also are killing women and children? So there's no negotiating with Hamas. Yeah. Now, could there be a replacement government? That's what hopefully the two million people who live on the Gaza Strip should say. Hey, maybe these nuts and these, these loony people who kill civilians shouldn't be in charge of our, our government and our city. Absolutely.
0: Final question, just kind of, you know, gauging the landscape right now in America. Um, you know, there's all kinds of polling. You know, this is, uh, you know, the youngest generation, uh, the vote of voting age, uh, Gen Z, um, is, you know, the least religious generation in America to date, uh, most religiously unidentified. Now we can argue worldview. I think all ideologies have a religious component to it. So even if they don't identify as Christian, it's something else. But what would your encouragement be, maybe to the students at Liberty University and to others to hold the line? to not lose heart, to be encouraged, uh, and to think, you know, what, what can we do positively to shape the future? Civilization, a democratic republic like we have, requires virtue. It
1: requires a virtuous people. All of our founding fathers, every one of them has a quote saying something similar. There's a, a writer by the name of Oz Guinness, and I love the way he puts it. He says that liberty requires restraint. But the only kind of restraint consistent with liberty is self-restraint. So I don't think I have to preach to the kids at liberty. I think these are the kids that are getting it and the families that got it and brought them here. Um, somebody needs to preach to the 15 thugs that are running into the drugstore, beating the crap out of the, the clerk and stealing all the drugs. And they're all in you know bandanas and hoods and stuff. Those kids, if you had to guess, don't have a father at home and don't have a religion they can have faith in and really haven't learned right or wrong. And often I'll, I'll ask a speech, if there are a bunch of students, I'll say, now, why don't you steal things? Do you, not, do you not steal because it's against the law and you'll be punished? No, that's not why. If I ask Liberty University why you don't, they don't steal because it's wrong. Right. And so if everybody didn't know right from wrong and there was no right and wrong, The punishment wouldn't be enough. You couldn't have enough policemen. That's why they're overrun in San Francisco. There is no virtue left in San Francisco. There is no self-restraint left. And then liberals have been coddling the criminals forever there and there's no punishment either. So it's just become a, a huge mess. But you have to have that. But I'm more energized and encouraged coming to Liberty University and I'm telling you guys what to do. I think that this is great that there is a Liberty University and that there are a bunch of kids that are attracted to come here.
0: Well, we're certainly proud to have you and to host you. And thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Folks, stick around for final thoughts. Hey, thank you for watching the interview. I hope that you found it fascinating and helpful. I appreciate Senator Rand Paul's clarity and insight when speaking about the events that unfolded during the pandemic, especially the involvement of American assets and American tax dollars that were utilized in the research that gave rise to the virus itself there is much to answer for as the facts are gathered and even as the facts are being gathered now it is alarming and incredibly damaging to our trust of our institutions not only as anthony fauci being quoted before senate committee hearings under oath and in direct contradiction to known facts and emails that have later become a source of public information but he was not alone the nih the cdc the WHO all seem to be following a new public health policy that was not just determined by Washington DC or even in Brussels or Geneva, but also significantly influenced by the political machinations of Beijing. It wasn't just about public health. It was also about getting to the truth of what happened. I believe that in due time, the entire world will know exactly What happened? As one person put it, you can fool everyone. Sometimes you can fool some people all the time, but you cannot fool everyone all the time. So much of what took place in the name of public health took place out of the window of public accountability and transparency. Decisions that were being made about lockdowns, masking the multilateral shutdown of national economies, the fast tracking of vaccine research that circumvented all conventional methods of development and testing to the mandates of those vaccines. This all relied on public trust of the institutions to tell the truth and to be forthcoming with all the information. But whose information was it? At the end of the day, there was a greater interest in absolving China of any responsibility than there was interest in following a specified protocol and carefully curated script. At the end of the day, it was not about the people. It was about a political ideology and message that was being driven. The pandemic has done much to change the American public's trust of the institution, not only abroad, but certainly and most importantly, at home. We not only got a window into what children were being taught in public schools, but also into how our government was prepared or unprepared to respond to such a crisis at the national and international level. It was one of the most damaging and destructive emergencies of our lifetime and the one that we will be paying the price for for years to come. Yet, as a Christian, I cannot help but be reminded of what the scriptures teach. God works all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. There is a silver lining to all of this, especially for the believer. When we see the world falling apart, and the ensuing destruction all around us, there is a gospel opportunity even now. The disillusionment of institutions, experts, and those in authority means that people have to trust in something greater than what man can ultimately Provide. We are in need of a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ. When all hope is lost, when all trust is gone, when people fail, God never fails. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and I hope you will read Senator Paul's brand new book, Deception. Until next time, God bless you.